Hello, everybody. My name is Ryan McCaffrey. Welcome to Ride the Lightning, the unofficial Tesla Motors podcast, the premiere episode, episode one for August 2nd, 2015. This is going to be a new podcast about all things Tesla. Uh, why am I doing this? Who am I? We'll get to all that sort of at the end. Uh, but a little quick introduction about who I am and why I wanted to do this. I mean, really, for me, I love Tesla. Uh, I absolutely am just in love with what they're doing and how they're doing it. It's all hugely exciting to me. Uh, they are a car company that is making cars in a different and better way, in a almost iconoclastic way. And there's something about that that I really gravitate towards. Uh, I've loved cars all my life. My dad used to bring me Matchbox cars or Hot Wheels cars home from work uh, every so often. He'd come home from work. And, Here you go, son. I had a whole had a whole hope chest full of cars. I've always loved cars. I uh, got my dream car back in well, when I was in college, which is a DeLorean. I had a 1982 DeLorean, which I had for over 12 years. That's a story for another podcast. But uh, so as you can see, I kind of like I'm drawn to these cars and car companies that tend to do things against the grain, but try to do them in a different and a better way. And Tesla, as we've all seen, is just succeeding just more than I think anyone could have ever hoped. Uh, what they're up to is fantastic. And, you know, for me, I wanted to do this podcast because not only I love podcasting, I love radio, and I would have gone into radio out of college uh, had I not been lucky enough to land my other d dream job, which is working in video game media. If you happen to, to know me, uh, you already know that. But my day job, I, I am the executive editor at IGN.com, which is a video game entertainment and tech website. And in fact, I've reviewed the Model S twice. Uh, I managed to successfully convince the powers that be at Tesla, the PR team, that, uh, hey, you know, we do cover tech at IGN, which we in fact do. We cover a lot of smartphones and computer stuff. And, and you know, of course, the, the Model S is technology. It's technology on four wheels. The entire car is technology. Uh, it's You can't separate them. The car is the tech and the tech is the car. And so I reviewed the Model S two years ago. And I uh, was a, and just completely was in awe of living with it. My cousin in Arizona was on the list, the, the reservation list before the car had come out. Uh, he and I went down to the Santana Row store here in the Bay Area and drove it. We each drove it before the car even came out back in uh, 2012 now. And uh, then I reviewed the car again. I, you know, with with all the advancements that Tesla has been making, I reached out again to Tesla to try and convince them, hey, it'd be, it'd be cool to do another sort of tech-oriented review because I'm not a car reviewer. That's not what I do by, by uh, day. I mean, I review video games and cover video games, and they're not, quite, <laughs> they're not quite overlapping much. So I sort of oriented my review in more of a tech fashion. Like, you know, if you're a tech fiend, a, a fan of technology... You always have to have the latest and greatest thing. I wanted to approach my Tesla Model S review from that perspective. And so I actually just just this past month in July reviewed the P85D, which I found hilarious because not more than two weeks or three weeks after <laughs> Elon Musk and Tesla announced the P90D and ludicrous mode after I just got done writing a review about the P85D and insane mode. And we'll get to that. But uh, another, you know, a couple of quick other housekeeping notes before we dive in. I want this show to be 
uh, about uh, four Tesla enthusiasts by a Tesla enthusiast, and that's me. So, you know, there's there's not going to be a lot of explaining uh, new terms or things. This is this show is for people like me who are already Tesla enthusiasts, people that really just are in love with the technology, in love with what the company's doing, in love with the cars, the vehicles. And so that is my goal: is to make a show for Tesla enthusiasts. Maybe you're an owner, maybe you're not. I'm actually not. I cannot afford a Model S. I am in the extremely large pool of people that is waiting for the Model 3. I look to be, I'm going to try and be as close to the front of the line for Model 3 as I possibly can. I've been, I've already been saving up for it. Uh, but yeah, Model S is just a bit out of my reach. So, you know, and maybe that will turn some people off to this show. It's like, well, he doesn't own a Model S. Why should I listen to anything he has to say? Well, you know that that's totally fair, but I hope that you'll you'll give this show a shot if you are a Tesla fan, a Tesla enthusiast, a Tesla owner, and maybe you'll like what you hear. I mean, I want to you know we're gonna we'll recap the news, we'll uh, get into some analysis because you know you can ask my wife, you can ask my family members. Most of what I talk about in my free time is Tesla, so I thought this would be a good outlet to just come on the air. Everybody's got a podcast, right? There are seven million podcasts, but really there aren't any about Tesla. I found one, uh, which I gave a quick listen to, and they just started as well. So maybe maybe there is a, a bit of a niche that can be filled here. So again, my name is Ryan McCaffrey. Welcome to Ride the Lightning, the unofficial Tesla Motors podcast, the premiere episode, episode one. I'm planning to do this every week. That is that is the plan. That is my goal. And I'm going to probably try and get the shows up on Sundays, record them over the weekend during my free time uh, and post them over the weekend. So, you know, if you're not following every up to the second thing that's going on with Tesla, we'll recap stuff. I'll recap things and we'll dive into the analysis and I'll, I'll tell you what I think of, of everything that Tesla is up to. So um, my goal one day well, number one, maybe eventually get a co-host. For now, it's just going to be just me, but we'll see how we'll see. I've done podcasts by myself before. It's not the easiest thing on the planet. Hopefully, I can keep you entertained for the 20 or 30 minutes a week that this show runs. But my goal eventually is uh, to get some some big Tesla people on here. I'd the the pipe dream would be to get an interview with Elon Musk on this show. I know many of you are probably listening to that laughing hysterically right now, and and maybe justifiably so. But in my day job at IGN, I do a lot of really in-depth developer interviews. It's something I really enjoy doing because there's so many great human stories out there in in any field, in the game world, and certainly with Tesla. So I would love to sit down with Elon sometime, maybe with JB. With Franz, I would love to sit down with all these guys, but you got to start somewhere, and you got to start here at episode one. Maybe eventually, folks at Tesla will hear this, and they'll start enjoying the show, seeing what you know, what other people think of of uh, of what they're up to, and and converting it into a podcast format. And I say uh, one more thing before we get into the news from this past week. Your ideas, your feedback is welcome. I absolutely welcome it. You know, I've been doing podcasts for a long time. I've done, I'd say I've done almost 500 podcasts. I started podcasting back in 2006, back at uh, Official Xbox Magazine. I started a, a show there for all things Xbox, and I do a show now here at IGN called Podcast Unlocked, which if you're an Xbox fan, hopefully you've uh, you've checked it out before. But I've got a lot of podcasting under my belt 
but never a Tesla show. All I do is talk about it in, in my free time. So uh, I'm gonna, I've, I've got a format here I'm going to play with. It'll, I'll tweak it. I'll massage it, try to improve it. But again, I welcome your feedback. The email address that you're welcome to email me anytime is teslapodcast at gmail.com. And with that, we'll be right back, and then we'll recap the week's Tesla news. Let's recap the week in Tesla news. Turns out I picked a pretty good week to start a Tesla podcast. There is a lot going on lately down in Palo Alto and over in Fremont. And I start with Elon announcing the Model S referral program. Between now and Halloween, new owners who place new order orders, excuse me, will get $1,000 off their car if they use a referral link provided to them by an existing owner. And that existing owner, the referring owner, gets a $1,000 credit that they can use on purchasing accessories. Maybe you've got your eye on a center console or on service, You know your annual service. Maybe it's a, a tire alignment, a tire change, rotation, or you're doing your, your annual battery checkup, whatever the case may be. This is a very, very interesting move by Elon. Uh, the first person to 10 referrals, who gets 10 people to buy a car in their name, gets a free, fully loaded Founder Series Model X. Wow. So at that point, you are not only, you're not only adding another Tesla vehicle to your family, but maybe you even already have a place on the Model X reservation list. You are jumping the line. You are co jumping to the absolute front of the line. The Founder Series cars, of course, you'll remember from the Roadster and Model S days, are the first to come off the line. And they'll be followed by the Signature Series and then general production. So the first person to 10 gets a free, fully loaded Model X. That's with all the options. And Elon estimates that it's approximately $25,000 worth of options. That is something to shoot for. Uh, and then beyond that, anyone else that gets to 10 after the first person still gets the opportunity to jump the line to the front to a Founder Series Model X, as, along with a $25,000 discount. They'll give you the fully loaded version for the price of the base model, which is which is which sounds fantastic. I mean, that's... If you're planning to get an X, I mean, that's some serious incentive right there. Uh, and then anybody who gets to five referrals will receive two tickets to the Gigafactory grand opening up in Reno, Nevada, which is tentatively scheduled for April of next year, April of 2016. Now, let's talk about this for a second. I am a frequenter of the Tesla Motors Club message board, a just wonderful, just fantastic community of people. It's it's almost entirely populated by very kind, respectful, intelligent folks who are very supportive of each other. It's kind of a it's a far cry from the what the video game community often is where uh, forums are the last place you'd you'd look to for for kind words or support. I love the TMC board. I love that community. And there's been a there's a big thread going on there about a lot of people are sort of miffed by this. They're miffed by by this referral program because and I and I understand where they're coming from. They they uh, 
see it as taking away the the purity and the innocence of going out there and telling people about how much they love their cars and how great their Model S's are. And I, I understand that. I mean, because you feel like, oh, maybe it's a little dirty. Like you just feel like a sleazy salesman. I I, I completely see where they're coming from, but I really think that nevertheless, this is a brilliant move on Tesla's part because the owners themselves are the biggest advocates of Tesla, of the Model S. I myself, I mean, when I, I, I'm when I'm ever with my cousin Pat, who lives in Arizona, he's the one I mentioned at the top of the show. He has got a, uh, he's got the metallic blue, the original blue Model S. His VIN is in the four thousand somewhere. He got his in February of 2013. Whenever I'm I'm out with him, whenever he comes up to visit, or vice versa, inevitably Tesla will somehow come up. People say, you know, they'll know Pat's got a a Tesla polo shirt. I've got a t-shirt. Sometimes we we end up wearing them together because we're both just big Tesla fanboys at this point, Tesla nerds. And people will start discussing the car. And I find myself like it it really is sort of an educational process. You just, you get excited about telling people about the car because of course, Tesla does no advertising. They don't do any marketing. They don't need to yet. They've got enough of a backlog. They've got enough of demand where the the word of mouth takes care of business on its own. But what that results in, and I've seen it firsthand a million times, is a lot of people either still don't know what Tesla is or they're, they have a lot of questions. They're maybe misunderstood about some things. And having owned a DeLorean, I, I am, it's, it's completely familiar to me because with a DeLorean, while it's not a new car, it is a rare car and it's one everybody knows from Back to the Future, but inevitably, anytime I'd stop for gas or I'd be at a car show or or even just getting out running errands, people would would always there's I, I always said there sh- I should have typed up a an FAQ a DeLorean FAQ which I never did because uh, I just actually enjoyed just talking to people and be, is that aluminum no is John DeLorean still in jail no did, did he did he actually traffic cocaine no uh, is it what kind of engines in that thing ah oh, Volt PRV6 sourced by Volvo uh, all these questions. Because people, you know, they know of it, but they don't know everything about it. And because DeLorean has been gone, been gone for 30 years, you know, these questions are not readily available and answerable. And it's it's a similar problem, although obviously with a different timeline with Tesla, where they are they are here, they're relevant, they're they're in the now, but because they don't actively put the word out, there's sort of this almost mystique or aura about Tesla and, and which comes with a lot of uh, sometimes confusion. I don't, I don't necessarily mean confusion in a, with a negative connotation, but but confusion in the just sort of uh, people just don't know. They don't have the the full, you know, the, like, oh, are those, uh, do they have, or is it a hybrid? No. Is it, uh, how long does it take to charge? And, and this question and that question. And so the owners themselves are the biggest advocates because you know I've I've lived with a Tesla long enough even in my brief experience of either driving my cousin Pat's car or in my two review experiences with reviewing uh, the P85 and then the P85D I had the car for I believe 3 days each time and it, and it, I got used to that car very very quickly and when I had to go back to my 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 old ICE my my Infinity it's just like, oh man, I, you mean I can't just get out and walk away and it doesn't just unlock when I approach it and I have to push a clutch in and turn a key and and this and that. And so uh, I think this is a smart move, this referral thing, because you're really, you're just incentivizing 
the, the, the company's biggest advocates, which are the customers, even more to be out there. Uh, you know, it doesn't, I don't think it necessarily turns them into salesmen, but it might, you know, it might incentivize someone a little bit more to, you know, if they're talking to somebody about the car, just say, you know, to spend a couple extra minutes with them. And then you say, hey, well, here's my referral link. If you end up buying one here, you'll get a grand off your car and I'll get a, a grand credit for me. So I think this is a, a, an extremely intelligent move on Tesla's part. Again, it's, it's free marketing. It's them. This is them actually doing some marketing without having to spend a dime on it. So uh, I suspect someone is going to get to 10 referrals very quickly. Uh, in fact, I'll bet it happens by next week, if not, uh, well, this is, again, August 2nd. I'll bet by mid-August we've got a winner and somebody's going to have themselves a free fully loaded Model X. But the only thing I'm really disappointed about with this that, that I will, I mean, I guess I understand on Tesla's part, but I think they could have done something to, to accommodate, is what about people like me? What about, because a fully loaded Founder Series Model X will no doubt find a happy home, whoever gets that that car. But I I could think I can sit here and honestly say it would not, there's no one who would appreciate it and treasure it more than someone like me or or my fellow, uh, you know, not quite upper upper class income folks who can't afford the S, who can't afford the X, who are waiting for the three. I would I would give my uh, most useless toe. Maybe that's one of the the second one from the right. Whatever. <laughs> or if I could get you know if I could get into a, a fully loaded Founder Series, you know P ninety D Model X, you know in in f- two months, that would be amazing. So I I wish that Tesla had. Uh, I wish you could go on their website and and register, even if you're not an owner, and register for your own referral code. Not that I necessarily. I'm going to be pounding the pavement and going out there and and uh, you know actively becoming a salesman. I have a day job, but I mean I have I sort of I definitely influenced my cousin Pat to get his uh, because I just started talking about it and uh, I'll tell you at the end of the show how I originally came to find Tesla again. I wanted to get the show going right away and not bore you too much about who I am because the sh- what the show is about Tesla, not about me, but. Um, yeah, I, I wish there were a way for non-owners to participate in this because I definitely have influenced a couple of sales. I know that much. I'm not saying I'd get to 10. I'm not saying it would be me, but I, I feel like not that the car, not that the winner won't be very appreciative, but the winner is automatically going to be someone that has a second Tesla that's that's already in, that already you know experiences the joy on a daily basis. I wish there were a way for people like me who are on the we're we're the we're the kids uh, with our faces pressed against the glass going oh cool I wish that could be me we're the ones that would really really just appreciate and savor it the most I wish we could get in on this but alas it seems it is not to be next up uh, in the week's recap of Tesla news. Mentioned it at the top of the show a little bit, but ludicrous mode. Technically, this wasn't, this didn't happen this week. It happened uh, slightly beforehand. But lu- I wanted to talk about ludicrous mode because I, I have a, I have a theory about ludicrous mode, and that's only somewhat. It's, it's not completely. Um, it's sort of a side tangent thing, but I, I thought it would be interesting to bring up. And that's 
so ludicrous mode, of course, if you if you haven't heard, I'm sure you have by now, it went viral pretty quick. It was trending on Twitter immediately when it was announced. It is an upgrade uh, a for either the existing P85D owners, or of course, if you order a new car, you can order the now P90D. We're do we the Tesla's got a 90 kilowatt hour battery pack with some upgraded fuses. They uh, they they've upgraded physically upgraded the hardware in addition to having a few more cells in the pack. Uh, it's yeah, Elon in his blog post on teslamotors.com called it quote, advanced smart fuses in the cells to help. Uh, and what those do in addition, in com- combination with the, uh, new battery pack, although ludicrous uh, P85D owners will be able to upgrade to ludicrous, but you've got, uh, so you've got a little extra juice and then the smart fuses enable a higher draw from the pack under acceleration, under load, therefore putting out more power, getting getting you to z- from 0 to 60 now in 2.8 seconds with a full state of charge versus the 3.1 seconds that PD5D owners are currently getting. And what I just experienced in the car I just reviewed like three weeks ago, we're shaving three-tenths off of that, which is just unbelievable. Um yeah, it's so the the car is now able to draw 1500 amps from the pack versus 1300 which is you know just enabling that extra jolt of energy to get the car to 60 miles an hour a bit quicker from a from a standstill. And and what I wanted to say about ludicrous mode, what I what I really think it means besides the fact that it's just another feather in the cap of Tesla of of you know moving its way up the the uh all-time quickest car, you know, all-time zero to 60 list. But here's what I think is is really going on with ludicrous mode. Because there's no need for ludicrous mode. Uh, you know, Elon sort of said when insane mode was announced, less than a year ago, by the way, that it was really all about the all-wheel drive, the dual motor configuration was about traction in cold weather. That that was something Tesla felt like they really needed uh, with the cars, because I mean, again, I've driven uh, a P85 a number of times, and yeah, if you if you take a corner under full acceleration, you you can skirt the back end out a little bit. You can feel it start to want to break away. And in the if you've driven uh, a, one of the D cars, in my case, I've driven the P85D. You couldn't flip that car with a spatula. It is it is it is sticks to the road like like my friend Randall Brown of a DeLorean owner friend of mine says sticks to the road like grim death. You cannot flip that car over. You cannot get the back end to break away. The, the traction is incredible. And so the dual motor configuration was originally intended for cold weather traction, for cold weather performance. Uh, and in real world results have borne that out. And of course, the acceleration, he, Elon said, was sort of a happy accident, a happy byproduct. And so ludicrous mode to me, it says this. I think that Elon Musk is tired of waiting for other car companies to voluntarily build electric cars and get electric cars into the mainstream, which of course is his ultimate goal with Tesla. He said it from day one that the point of Tesla is to advance uh, the the mass marketness, is to you know to to just get electric cars into the masses and and into get in accelerate the extinction of fossil fuel powered cars from the road. 
When Model S won the Motor Trend Car of the Year award unanimously in 2012, Elon said in his acceptance speech, and I quote, I hope that other automakers will copy us and follow through and do electric cars with more vigor. Now, I can't imagine that any Motor Trend Car of the Year award winner has ever said, I hope people copy what we're doing. No, because of course you want it, most car companies, you want to be doing your own thing. But the whole point of Tesla, as Elon has said many times, is to advance electric cars into the mass market. And so what happened is nothing happened. After Elon said that, it's been now over two years since that Car of the Year award. It's getting closer to three, two and a half, coming up on three. You know, we've, we really have, Chevy says they're going to make the bolt around the same, get the bolt out around the same time as uh, Model 3, assuming Model 3 stays on time, which is a, a large assumption given the one thing Tesla's never been good at are, is timelines. But, um, you know, a lot of people are skeptical of if Chevy can get a 200-mile mass-produced electric vehicle out, you know, for $35,000 out on the road at the same time or before Tesla does, given the fact that Tesla needs to build a gigafactory to get the, the battery supply. But anyway, back to my original point about ludicrous mode is that uh, I think ludicrous mode exists because Elon has tried to invite people to voluntarily make electric cars. Uh, he, you know, he said, I hope people copy us in his, in his car of the year acceptance speech. And then he, of course, opened the patents. He opened Tesla's patents and said, let's go. Anybody that wants to make electric cars, go for it. You can use our patents to do it. And nobody has done it because, of course, the car business is a healthy business. These guys that sit on boards and they, you know, they don't, they're, they're not interested in spending hundreds of millions of dollars on R&D and disrupting, you know, and deviating from the norm. They're just content. They want to sit back and just take the easiest road they can and let the profits come in. And, you know, from a business sense, you understand that, but I would understand Elon's frustration. So what I think is happening with Ludacris is that Elon Musk is saying, screw this. I tried to be nice about this. I said, Come and copy us when we won car of the year. And then I opened my patents and still nobody's building electric cars. So I think Ludacris is Elon saying, fine, if you're not going to do this yourselves, I'm going to beat you so badly. I'm going to embarrass you until you get to the point where you have to build an electric car to keep up with me because my cars will be outperforming you. They'll be uh, safer than your cars. They'll be uh, greener than your cars. They'll be cheaper to operate and maintain than your cars. That's what I think is really going on with ludicrous mode with the P90D. It's Elon saying, enough is enough. I've tried to be nice. Now I'm just going to embarrass everyone and get electric cars on the road. And I applaud him for that. I think that's fantastic. And as a side note, I would like to just say bravo to Tesla on the Spaceballs reference with ludicrous speed, uh, which Elon referenced again in the in the the uh, statement that he gave after the announcement when he said, "Oh, look for uh, look for maximum plaid mode in our in our next generation Roadster in about four years," which of course is the the final 
the final speed in ludicrous uh, in rather in spaceballs pardon me so uh you know we this is not a surprise coming from a company who's who puts uh, sound systems that go up to 11 volume in their cars. But I just love that Tesla's got a sense of humor. It, they don't take themselves too seriously. They have fun with the car. And that really just comes through in, in really, the from top to bottom, the entire Tesla experience, you can sense that. And so I love it. Uh, the other news item here, by the way, quickly, is, is that uh, the other part of this was that People building, configuring new cars can now spend an additional $3,000 on top of the 85D price and get a 90D instead of the 85D, taking the 65-mile-an-hour highway range of the 90D to, quote, almost 300 miles. They have not given a specific number. I interpret that to mean 290 or 295. Uh, I think more range is always good. It's not a bad thing. Elon even said, though, hey, don't upgrade your battery for this. We're going to continue to advance our batteries uh, by about 5 to 10% capacity and range every, you know, to every couple years. So he, he said, you, you probably shouldn't buy this unless you're on the extreme edge case of people who are driving their cars enough every day where this, you know, these extra 20 or so miles would make a difference to you. But I suspect three grand is not a lot. When you're ordering, a, if you're ordering an 85D, you're already with options. You're right around the $100,000 mark. And so I suspect at for just another three grand, they're going to get a lot of people checking that, checking that 90D box. Uh, so just, again, the car continues to get better and better. Moving on to the next news item, LTE. Of course, uh, 4G LTE, we've been, people have been looking for it in the Model S since the car came out, I mean, the cars have all been equipped with 3G for its data, for its always-on data connection since the car released. And for me, in my experience with the car, it is, I've called it out in, in uh, both of my reviews, actually. I think it's one of the, the very few areas where the Model S is not up to par. You know, the songs can be a little bit slow to load in sometimes on slacker depending especially if you have a just like one or two bars and really it's most noticeable when you're using google maps when you're using your navigation the maps can take a long time to draw in because of that slow data connection and back in june it was observed on uh, by some users on the tmc forum that 4g uh, lte had started to sneak into the car some of the newest build cars without Tesla telling anyone, which, of course, they do this every, pardon me, they do this every single week where they're always advancing the car. They don't, we, as you know, they don't wait for model years. The car is is new and different. If you order a Model S today, it's very different than somebody who ordered a car a month ago, and it'll be different still from someone who orders a, a Model S in another month or two from now. And that's part of the what's what's awesome about this company is that they are building cars to build better cars, not to maximize profits and wait till, okay, well, uh, it's uh, August or September. I guess we can roll out the 2016 model and and implement those improvements that we've had ready to go for eight months. So uh, the LTE's upgrade is, the LTE chips are starting to get into the new cars. And according to uh, TMC member JB Carioca, is he has he he claims he has a uh, a service appointment scheduled for mid August uh, for a, to upgrade his existing 3G chip into an LTE chip 
for just $500. And that sounds like a very, very reasonable amount of money. I mean, that's you know a little bit, that's a, what, probably an hour's worth of time. I don't know what Tesla charges per hour, at, depending on which Tesla service center you're at. Uh, and then you figure a couple hundred bucks, two or 300 bucks for the part itself. I mean, 500 sounds very reasonable for an upgrade that's going to improve just, you know, the, the data is always on. So that seems like a very smart upgrade and one that's reasonably priced. So I tip my hat to Tesla on that. I think they're going to see a lot of uh, a lot of takers on that. So if you're if you have if you're an existing Model S owner and uh, you may want to inquire with your local service center to see about a 4G LTE upgrade. Couple more things on the list here before I, I get out of here for episode one. Uh, little segment, just want to call the Model X Countdown. Figure I'll be talking something about Model X every week. Kind of covered this earlier with the referral program, but uh, Elon continues to iterate. Uh, excuse me to uh, to reiterate at every opportunity because he's asked nearly any time. He speaks publicly now. What's going on with Model X is still on time. He continues to emphasize that, yes, it is due to get into the first few owners' hands, presumably the Founder Series cars, uh, and maybe the first couple SIGs, I don't know, around the end of September, which is in uh, you know less than two months from now. So we're finally getting there. For now, the test mules continue to be spotted on a regular basis, particularly here on Tesla's home turf in the San Francisco Bay Area. There is a very, very long thread on TMC, which has uh, new pictures almost daily of people catching the the Model X mules out in the wild. Most of them are covered, just painted entirely black with sort of as much of that black camouflaging body lines and, and style lines and other things as possible. Uh, we've seen... You know, there's some great analysis going on about, you know, is the car, is the X going to have a new, more advanced camera sensor array than what the Model S's have been shipping with since last fall for autopilot stuff? Uh, we have now confirmed via these mule sightings that an auto rising spoiler to enhance downforce, that is confirmed that many of the mules have been photographed with the spoiler up. And this is seemingly Tesla's way of keeping the aerodynamics as good as they can be at speed, since, of course, the X is not only heavier than the Model S, but also taller. So it's probably not, it's certainly not quite going to have the same super low drag coefficient that the S has. So uh, look for, uh, and I, I would suspect that that spoiler is going to be a standard feature, but I guess we don't, we won't quite know here for another month or two. We don't know when the design studio is coming. It's got to be soon. But uh, that is your Model X countdown report as we get closer and closer to the long, long-awaited release of Model X. I know some of you out there have been on the waiting list for three years. I saw the Model X prototype, the original like, sort of champagne-colored prototype, down in the Santana Row store in San Jose. Gosh, it must have been... Almost probably about three years ago now. I feel like it was early 2000, around early 2012. So uh, if you're if you're on the list, it's it's getting closer. Can't wait to see what the pricing and options. You know, Elon has promised that there are features in the Model X that he has not revealed. That he is waiting until the car is out 
for them to be discovered. A lot of speculation of are those sort of auto swiveling captain's chairs that when you open the uh, the falcon wing door in the rear, does the chair, do those you know outermost seats turn to face you so you can load in easier? We shall see. Uh, but that is what's going on with the Model X this week. And another little segment I want to call the Model 3 Minute, which of course is most interesting to me because that's what I am saving up for. That's the car that I can afford that I can't wait for. Nothing really new to report, but the thing I wanted to talk about in, re- in relation to the Model 3 real quick is what the ludicrous mode announcement means for uh, Model 3. Because, again, this is this is the stuff I, I just that, that occupies my brain in my free time. I, I walk my dog, my, uh, my, nine, my eight-year-old boxer, Maggie, and I think, and I just, I can't help but think, like, I just daydream about having a Tesla. That's what I do. I'm, I'm a, I'm nuts about it. It's, it. The same thing happened to me when I was obsessed with the DeLorean before I got, before I got my DeLorean. It's just, it's all I thought about in my free time all the time. And now I've got that Tesla bug as well. And I just think about Model 3. And, you know, the, the ludicrous mode got me thinking, the, the announcement of ludicrous mode got me thinking, what in the world is the Model 3 performance version, presumably a, a dual motor car as well. Let's just call it the P3D, even though, you know, it's three isn't the, the kilowatt hour rating of the battery pack. But for, for the sake of argument, for the just simplicity's sake, let's just call it the P3D. What is the P3D going to be capable of? You look at ludicrous mode. I mean, if you had asked me two years ago, what I thought the P3D, well, of course, back then there was no D, but what I thought the Performance Model 3 might be capable of, I would look at the P85, which is a 4.2-second car to 60 miles an hour, and I would think, okay, well, a little bit of advancement. You know, you figure it'll probably be about on par with the S because, you know, you look at the BMW, the M3 is as quick or actually quicker to 60 than the, the 7 series or 5 series, the M's there. So it's like, well, what what's, if I'm, if I'm saving up for a Model 3 and I'm going to hopefully do everything I can, save up enough money to get the performance model, what is that car going to be capable of? And a couple of years ago, I said, well, okay, probably low fours, like maybe around four seconds, maybe high threes if I'm lucky, because the Model S, the, the P85, is 4.2 seconds. But now with first insane mode and now ludicrous mode, it just look look how quickly Tesla is advancing. Again, I mentioned earlier how they're not waiting around for model years. They're just continuing to push and push and push. They're not letting any potential competitors get anywhere close to them. They continue to stay well ahead of the curve. But that's the thing. It's, you know, they are advancing so quickly in, in two years. Tesla went from their top-of-the-line car, which my cousin Pat has, his P85, a rear-wheel drive, 4.2-second, 0-60 to P85, to now, just two and a half years later, Tesla has a 2.8-second P90D. That's, that's, that's incredible progress. Now, yes, of course, the, the Model 3, it's, it's a cheaper mass-market car, but again, when you option it up, I have little doubt that it's going to be a an absolute monster performance-wise. And that's the car that I'm saving up for. That's what I want. So I really think now, and who knows 
what two more years is going to bring because we're looking at another two and a half, maybe three year wait for the first Model 3s. But you asked me today and now a three second car to 60, a three second Model 3 is hardly out of the question. In fact, it would all, it's almost borderline expected at this point for when whenever Tesla says, here's the Model 3, here's the performance dual motor version, I, it's, it's probably going to be th- about three seconds, maybe even quicker, maybe even into the high twos. I mean, that, that's, it's just, it's incredible the progress Tesla is making. And that's, that's kind of how I like to look at some of these announcements is what does it mean for the future? That's, that's what occupies my thoughts because I'm a crazy person when it comes to all things uh, Tesla. Because, you know, I mean, Elon is not going to artificially limit the Model 3 performance version. He's not going to do it. He's not wired that way. You know, he's not going to hold back and just go, well, okay, uh, BMW is doing this. So I can, I, I just have to match that. He knows he has to build a better car than what BMW or Mercedes or anyone else is building. So I have every bit of confidence that the Model 3 is going to blow away its competitors. And when I see Ludicrous Mode get announced less than a year Less than a year after Insane Mode came out, came over and uh, came online and blew everybody away, I think the 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 Model Three, the P3D, is it's very reasonable to hope and perhaps even expect that car to be about three seconds, zero to sixty, maybe even quicker. All right, we'll be right back. I'll tell you a little bit bit more about me. If you've hung in this long, I appreciate it. Tell you sort of who I am, what my motivations are for doing this, and then I'll get on out of here. Be right back. That brings me to the end of the first episode of Ride the Lightning, the unofficial Tesla Motors podcast. I hope you've liked it. I mean, I, sus- I suspect if you've hung around this long, maybe you do. Obviously, I chose, I was trying to name, uh, naming things is fun. I have a four-year-old daughter. That's the, the, mo- the fun part is naming stuff. And I thought, okay, well, uh, what could I call a Tesla podcast? And immediately, I, I'm a Metallica fan. Ride the Lightning came to mind because uh, it's, it's sort of a fun multiple meaning thing in this case. Uh, you know, it's got the got the Metallica reference. It's you can take it sort of a bit literally with Tesla of you're riding in lightning, a lightning powered car. So uh, hence the Metallica bumpers, which, hey, if anybody wants to make custom bumpers for me and an uh, intro segment and outro, I would happily welcome it. But for now, I just sort of fuss around. Oh, it would be fun. Let's take a couple of, of lightning themed Metallica songs. But, uh, you know, I want to tell you a little bit about what drew me to Tesla and because I'm sure, you know, you've got your own story, too. That's that's the cool thing is with Tesla, we're at the beginning. I mean, despite Tesla's success over these, you know, these last few years since the Model S has come online, this is only the beginning. I think we're going to look back on this time in 10 years and go, man, remember when Tesla was just rolling out the superchargers and they were making, you know, 30,000 cars a year and seeing one was like a, almost like spotting a unicorn in the wild. Not so much here in the San Francisco area where I live and work. I see them every day, which is great. But, but yeah, I think we're going to look back on this time 
as as just the the beginning of something. I really do. And I'm sure Roadster owners probably already do that for the Roadster. They look back on Roadster and go, that was the start of this. But of course, with Model S, with the Tesla factory and Tesla building its own car from scratch for the first time. But for me, you know, the way I came to Tesla was... Uh, was it was actually, believe it or not, it was tied to DeLorean. You know, I, I've just, I fell in love with the DeLorean when I was five years old and saw Back to the Future. I, I always loved the car. It's one of the most unique cars in automotive history. I mean, it's, it's not the best car. It has flaws, but it's still, it's the thing I love about the DeLorean is that there's just nothing else like it. It's a stainless steel car. It's a stainless steel skinned car with gullwing doors. And what's interesting is there are, it turns out there are a lot of very coincidental similarities between DeLorean and Tesla. And I think that's what helped what's helped draw me to Tesla. And I know Elon in the past, particularly in the very early days of Tesla when he was still, you know, when we weren't sure if the company was going to make it when Model S was first coming out, where Elon really did not he was distance himself from any DeLorean comparisons, which I understand, you know, DeLorean, because DeLorean failed and you don't want to even, uh, you don't even want to let people think that you are sort of in that same uh, den of failure that Tucker was and DeLorean was and Bricklin was. But what's interesting to me is the first Tesla and the DeLorean were both they both had ties to Lotus because, of course, the Roadster was assembled by Lotus and based off of a Lotus Elise. The DeLorean had a Lotus-engineered suspension. Colin Chapman did uh, engineering work on the suspension for the DeLorean. They're both, both those cars were built in the UK, Ireland in the DeLorean's case, uh, at Lotus in the UK for, uh, for the Roadster's case. I know they were finished in San Carlos, I know, but the gliders were – most of the car was assembled by Lotus in the UK. And, uh, you know, they're both, they're both companies started by, you know, maverick kind of guys who wanted to build a different car and a car that they thought would be better. DeLorean was very, John DeLorean was very obsessed with safety. The original DeLorean prototype was called the DSV, which stood for DeLorean Safety Vehicle. John DeLorean wanted to put airbags into cars at GM when he was the head of Pontiac at GM before he left to found DeLorean. And he, the higher-ups told him no because it would cost too much money. The DeLorean, and then, of course, the Teslas are the safest cars in the world. And, uh, of course, you know, John DeLorean fa- says in his, in his autobiography, if you ever happen to, ch- happen to read it, he says he wanted his cars to be the gentleman's sports car, the ethical sports car, a car that would outlive its owner, similar to a Rolls-Royce, and that's what Elon is doing with Tesla. You know, the goal is million-mile drivetrains, electric drivetrains that require very little service, cars that can last exponentially longer than, than ICE cars, than ICE cars now. And so there are, these, uh, there are these just fascinating little weird little similarities between the cars. And even, you know, the DeLorean, it's very famous for its gullwing doors. There has not been a mass-produced car. Now, I know you could maybe argue the DeLorean wasn't mass-produced. It was. The, there were 9,000 DeLoreans approximately made. And they were. Uh, the, the 1981 model year, which was the first whole model year, they built about you know 6,000 of them then. And then in 82, 
is the year the company actually went filed for bankruptcy. And then there were some 83 model years that were assembled as sort of unfinished or partially finished cars. But the DeLorean very much was mass produced, just like Model S is. And the, uh, the believe it or not, the Model X with its Falcon wing doors, they're gull wings. I know, it's, you know, they, he calls them Falcon because they have that sort of extra little, the little fold to help uh, even minimize the external, cl- the, the horizontal clearance away from the car even more, but they're gull wings. The Model X will be the first mass-produced car with gull wing doors since the DeLorean. Just, again, a strange coincidence. I don't think, I don't think Elon's aware of this or even, you know, I, I doubt even has ever thought about it, but they're just these strange little coincidences that have kind of helped draw me to the car. And uh, I became aware of Tesla when the roadsters finally first started to hit. And I, I found out that Tesla was local. They were right here on the peninsula in the San Francisco Bay Area, which I was living on the peninsula as well. And I actually called up uh, the, the, the one and only Tesla, the, the old Menlo Park showroom, which doubled as the headquarter. Well, not the corporate headquarters, but that was where the cars were assemb- uh, finished. The, the gliders came over and then they were finished in, an, in a separate building uh, in the back of the lot. And a very nice salesman named Mike Falcone, uh, he replied to me, my inquiry, my email, uh, after I'd gone in. And, and he said, sure, we can arrange to have your DeLorean Club event here. And we'll give you guys a tour, show you the, the finishing area. And that was, believe it or not, in my time uh, owning a DeLorean, which was over in the Bay Area, was, uh, let's see, about 10 years I had the car for over 12 total before sadly having to sell it for, uh, you know, I, I, we were lucky enough to buy a home in San Francisco and we my wife and I had a baby and that's, uh, you know, those things are higher priorities. I was very sad to see my DeLorean go. I hope to maybe get another one someday, but that's, uh, that's a, neither here nor there. But that, that event, the event we did at Tesla with our, with the Northern California DeLorean Motor Club Got that was the highest turnout we ever had for an event during my entire tenure of ownership in the Bay Area. We had 17 DeLoreans turn up, including people uh, that we'd never seen before. That you know, people that were just on our mailing list but never repl- never spoke up, never participated. People we'd never seen before and people we'd never see again. 17 DeLoreans. I have some great pictures of. All 17 DeLoreans parked the same way on the back of the lot, all with the doors open. So we, because we, we have a thing, we like to take. You'll, you, I suspect you guys will do this with your Model Xs too at some point. You line up all the DeLoreans, you open all the gullwing doors, and then you can take a really, really cool picture from one end, looking straight through all the door openings, str- all the way down to the other end. It's a beautiful photograph. But anyway. Yeah, so we we had a DeLorean Club event at uh, at the original Menlo Park showroom, and after that event, Mike Falcone was very kind to. I, I emailed him to thank him, say thank you so much for having us and giving us a tour. They like I said they they led us into that finishing area in the back where there were you know they were putting battery packs into cars and finishing them, and uh, it was it was a, such a cool thing to see. And Mike said. You want to come for you want to come have a test drive, and I said, "Well, sure. It's a hundred thousand, hundred nine thousand dollar supercar, which I, the likes of which I've never seen or let alone driven." And he let me take it out, and he actually he was encouraging me, "Go, go, go faster! Like punch it!" And 
the first time I drove, that was the first time I drove any Tesla or any electric vehicle. In fact, I'd never driven an electric car before. And that, that roller coaster like acceleration, I, mean, I was hooked. That was it for me. I completely fell in love with Tesla. I started following them just on a daily basis from there, uh, on up from, you know, from when they were going to, they were trying to purchase a factory to build the Model S. We thought it was going to be down in Southern California. And then, you know, they got the sweetheart deal from Toyota to get Numi. And from the first cars, I mean, I remember the live stream in, uh, in fact, just now, just over three years ago in June of 2012, where they did that that live stream event where they handed the the the, the first, what, t- 10 cars or so, those founder series cars to the owners. Elon presented everybody with the keys at the factory. And I've just, I've had such a blast following Tesla ever since then. My wife even was super sweet to... Uh, uh, there's a company called getaround.com that uh, where you can like rent your own car. It's like a crowdsourced car rental thing, and they have a they have a model. Uh, excuse me, a Roadster, and she rented it for me for for the day for my birthday one year. And my my buddy from Arizona, Brian, came up and we drove all around town and uh, just I've had such a such a fun time following Tesla and that just that first drive was enough to, to help to get me to fall in love. And again, their story of them being this iconoclastic, uh, this iconoclastic force who's trying to make better cars, and they are. And you know, the, the whole world's against, the whole automotive world's against them, but the product is too good. They, they, uh, the NADA, you know, the Dealers Association, other car companies, Big Oil, they've tried, but they can't stop Tesla because the product is so good. It's just amazing when you think about if if Model S had been anything less than effectively the best car in the world, effectively perfect, the company probably would have sunk. You know, the 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 powers that be, the the those external forces would have found a way to destroy them. I mean, you go back to the fires, those those four battery fires, those battery pack fires, which of course the the you know the media and the uh, you know the the rival companies made it out to be this epidemic that if you you're gonna burn in hell if you get it into a Tesla and you're in an accident. But you got a guy, what did Elon Musk do? He said, okay, we've had a couple of, you know, he even came, I remember he had a blog post, he came out and said, well, statistically, you're like 10 times less likely to be in a, you know, to have a fire in a Model S than in a gas-powered car. But of course, that doesn't stop the naysayers. But so what does he do? He, he solves the problem permanently. He says, I'm going to give, I'm going to put a multi-layer titanium shield over the battery pack on every single car we build going forward. And I invite every single owner uh, of a car we've already sold to come back for a free retrofit, a free uh, upgrade. And guess what? There hasn't been a single peep about a fire ever since he did that because he solved the problem. The problem is over. He didn't, most car company executives or executives in any company these days, probably, would do the minimum amount, the Band-Aid fix. What's the what's the least amount of money that I can spend on this problem to make it go away? I'm not, I don't want to solve it. I just want to make it go away. And Elon is a guy who solves problems. He, you know, oh, you know, there, you, you, you get to, oh, well, okay, your car is cool and all, but it still takes way longer to charge up than it does to fill up a gas tank. Really makes interstate travel pretty terrible, huh? So Elon says, okay, well, here's a battery swap station that that we're thinking of rolling out that'll swap 
two batteries in the time it takes for uh, for you to fill up your one gas tank in, a, in an ICE car. Now, ultimately, Tesla has decided seemingly not to continue with the battery swap program, which is understandable. But the fa- I just love that Elon basically has a middle finger response anytime that these naysayers, that these doubters come up with something to try and to try and stop Tesla or 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 derail Tesla. And that's the difference. I mean, DeLorean basically Tesla is DeLorean if DeLorean had succeeded. Uh because the John DeLorean was a brilliant engineer. He created the G, the Pontiac GTO. He is the father, he is the inventor of the muscle car. He's the father of the muscle car era. He of course the DeLorean itself is a is a beautiful machine. Uh, with with that's incredibly safe and it's 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 skinned in this ageless stainless steel that looks as good today as it did 30 years ago. But John DeLorean, the difference is John DeLorean was a brilliant engineer who was not a good businessman. Elon Musk is a brilliant engineer, brilliant mind who's also a brilliant businessman, and that's why Tesla has succeeded, and that's why I love rooting for them. Um, I. Uh, you know, it's like the Goonies. If you've watched the Goonies recently, that the Goonies just had their 30th anniversary of the of the opening of that film. Uh, it's Tesla has made it farther than DeLorean ever did. Kind of like Chester Copperpot. Remember when the Goonies find uh, the bones, the skeletal remains of Chester Copperpot, who'd gone looking for One-Eyed Willie's treasure, and it's, and and the, the, the Mikey says like, you know. We we made it farther than he ever did. That's Tesla is the Goonies and DeLorean is Chester Copperpot. And but really I and I really think I really believe that if John DeLorean were alive today, I am confident that he would be a big big fan of what Tesla is doing. Um and you know, I I just I really truly believe that and uh, I just I love what Tesla is up to, and I, I just think that that there's so many exciting times ahead. I can't wait for the Model X to get out there because you know the the S, you know, with all due respect to any any women listening to the show, uh, nine probably nine out of ten Model S's I see, if not more, are driven by men. I mean the the it's a sports sedan that seems mostly attractive to men. And so the X is effectively going to welcome in an entire new demographic of customers, and that's women and moms. And I can't wait to see the X get out there. And speaking personally, because I can't afford an S, uh, even though I, I just I would I would do anything for a Model S. I would virtually anything. I want that car so bad, especially after having lived with it for a few days. I was just getting good at pulling it into my narrow opening San Francisco garage when I had to give it back to Tesla. But, um, you know, I am waiting for the Model 3. That is going to be, you know, that Model 3 is the game-changing moment. That is the, the Elon's, again, and referencing another Elon blog post, his not-so-secret three-step plan for world domination. Step one was the Roadster. Step two was to, you know, and those were the expensive car, early adopters. Those people helped fund the cheaper sedan, the Model S, and those people helped fund the Model 3. And we're, we're getting there. We're almost there. The, the finish line is in sight. And when Model 3 comes out, it's just going to be, I just can't wait to see it. I hope I can make it onto the signature reservation list as high as possible. I, I just can't wait to get a Tesla someday. My car will be 
ready to go anyway. My car is nine and a half years old now. So by then it's like, yeah, you know, 11, 12 years old. I can't wait. Uh, I'm a big fan of what, what Elon is doing, what Tesla is doing. I just think they're a better car company and a better car. I love that it's, they're an American company. Yeah, there's some hometown pride, both in the national sense of an American car company beating the crap out of the rest of the world, which used to be the case. And then for a long time, it wasn't the case. And now it's the Amer- um, U- the USA is making the best damn car in the world. Uh, and, and I love it. And even on top of that, you know, from where I am sitting, the, the, the Model S's roll out every day, 45 minutes from where I'm sitting. I love it. I love that it's the car is built right here in the Bay Area, here in California, here in the United States. Uh, I, I love what Tesla's up to. And I thank you for joining me if you've hung in this long. I can't believe the first episode's been an hour. I really thought these this would be about a half hour show, but I guess I do love to talk, even when I've got nobody else here, just talking to myself. But I hope you've enjoyed the show. Future episodes probably won't be an hour long unless it's a really, really busy news week. But again, my name is Ryan McCaffrey. I am a longtime Tesla enthusiast, excuse me, enthusiast since again, about 2008 or so. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter if you'd like to to uh, send me a message about the show, what you thought, what your your constructive feedback. I'm on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Yes, that does stand for DeLorean. Uh, if you're a video game player, you can check me out on my day job at IGN.com. I run the all things previews for IGN. I cover the a lot of Xbox stuff at IGN. I encourage you to come visit me. And again, the email for the show, if you'd like, if you have something, if you have a thought that you'd like to share that maybe won't fit into 140 characters on Twitter, you can email the show, email me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. I want to thank everybody. If you happen to be listening to this, I sincerely appreciate you giving the show a chance. I hope you'll tell your friends, tell your uh if you've, if anybody at Tesla is listening to this, maybe spread the good word. Maybe, maybe some people at the company would enjoy hearing a show about their own company. Uh, if anybody knows Elon, please let him know about the show. Maybe he'd like to come on someday and sit down with me. And uh, but yeah, I just want to say thank you again to everybody. I plan to be back next week for episode two. Thank you all very much, and have yourself a fantastic week. <laughs>